0: Good evening. Welcome to the 12 Man podcast. against uh, again, Towards the Business End of the Season. Um, all the Easter eggs are now gone from the shelves. I know that because I checked. Um you've got me C. Jackson now in the main chair as usual tonight. John Don's missing. He's um got his weekly cameo in Benidorm, So, you know, good luck to him over there. Um, doing whatever it nice. I don't know where he is, to be fair. I know he's away for the week, but uh, he'll be listening and uh casting us out wherever he can. Um Cuts is with us. John Cuts, obviously, he's going to be with us. Evening, Cuts.
1: Evening, guys. Are we all right?
0: We're all good, mate. We're all good. Um, what, Dick, what outfit, well, my favourite, Geordie, apart from Michael Carrick. Sorry, Dicko. Uh, Steve Dixon's with us. Evening, Dicko. Evening, lads.
2: Just about uh, dried off from Friday night. But all the better
0: for a 5-1 win. I was soft, I'll tell you that. Yeah. Um, it was horrible weather, but uh, we'll go into all that. Um we've I don't know which way to introduce this. I have got a guest that's more regular than the guy that actually created all this with me. But I'll go to the guy that created all the women. Um he's back after many months out injured. Uh James Algano's with us, him in Dali.
3: No then all right, come on, come back after me, uh, Sammy Amiobi, let's disappear and act
0: and
3: <laughs> appear, appear when things are, are starting to
0: look good. <laughs> Our glory podcast is back. Yeah. <laughs> and And to uh, make it a a, a fabulous five, um, friend of the podcast, always welcome back. Uh, Mr Craig Johnson, evening, evening Gazette's with us. Evening, Craig.
4: Evening, lads. Hope we're all well.
0: We're all good, mate. We're all good. Um, good to have you back. Um, get your insight on everything Borough as we go along. Um, I was going to say your expert views, but... Um, We're more. Nobody would
4: believe
0: that, but uh, no, we're always. It's always good to have you on, mate. Um, always a pleasure to have you on. So, uh, yeah, we're going to talk. We'll talk Norwich. Um, a five star display down by the riverside on Friday night. Massive, massive three points. People, I'll I'll say this now. People were saying as I was going out the ground, it's just Norwich, but Norwich were a point off the playoffs Friday night, and we absolutely destroyed them. It was a, it was a fantastic win. Still can't still can't get that chance of yellow out end from twenty fifteen. So it's helped me to banish some memories quite a bit for me. Um so massive win. And then we'll talk about um we'll talk to Craig about what um Michael Carrick had to say today um in his presser before the game against Hull. Uh, a couple of things came out that you have read. Um let say Craig we'll got more details about it. And we'll talk about the games coming up. Obviously, Hull at the Riverside Wednesday night, uh, another massive game. Um and we'll and we'll touch on the uh the the well what would have been the massive game against Luton if uh Val-Eastra had gone better. But uh never mind. Uh, we're still in the race, we're still in the top four, so we're all good, so fine. But uh, before we all start, are we all doing good? Are we all alright? Superb, there's a lot of nodding people, that'll do me. Right. Um who do you start with, John Don? I feel lost already. Um i so start with you um Friday night comes about it's a horrible night it's starting it's meaning it's wet um but team comes out what did you think of the team when it could come out um obviously Alex to the squad mm-hmm. they was still in no fry completely he was completely out of the squad um what did you think of this
1: yeah uh, I mean I expected as expected Archer to come back in. For Crooks, which happened. uh like I said, must be a, a bit of an injury that they've mentioned about Fry. I don't particularly know what it is. I haven't I haven't heard whether it's a little niggle or something a bit more serious. But yeah, I was I was quite happy with the team. I wanted Jones bring him back in, but he got back on the bench and had a little cameo at the end, which I was I was quite pleased to see him back in the flow to be honest.
0: Yeah, he did. Um I say we'll talk about uh Rizzi Jones a bit later on because his uh, his cameo is a... Are... My all all accounts on a, on a game was already dead. It was a very good cameo for me, but it was good. Um, Craig, I'll come to you. Uh, welcome. Um, always good to have you back, mate. Um, Dale Fry missing out. Not a lot said. The club's quite closed doors about things like this. But what was said about Dale's absence on Friday?
4: So basically, the same as uh, his absence on the Monday, wasn't it at, uh, at Bristol? I lose track of my days around Easter and Christmas, <laughs> uh, but yeah, Monday at Bristol, obviously he missed as well. He he he'd apparently got a whack in training, um, like you say, not not really specified exactly what, and and the answer's always been that they're they're still assessing that. Uh, yeah, it's it's a it's an interesting one. You get two different types of managers really in the. Uh, in the modern game, you get managers who just offer it up, tell you, tell you, you know what's what's going on, tell you who's in, who's out, and, and exactly what's wrong. And then you get the other the other type of manager, which Michael Carrick very much is, and and they're very coy on injuries. They like to keep things a bit more uh, in house. And I think it's mainly to do with not, um, you know, not giving too much away to the opposition, which to me would suggest that you know the the. Hopefully, all four are not too far away, and um, at least in terms of you know, I think if because I asked my old character, "Day, you know, with four games left, are we talking about the end of the season for any of these players?" And he he, he kind of said that's you know too drastic at this stage. It's too early uh, to say something like that. So you know, to me, we're not we shouldn't be talking about long term injuries for any of them because. I would imagine there's nothing to lose if if that is the case for any of them, you might as well just come out and see it. Um but but in terms of being coy, it's it's almost not giving the team away, it seems to be the, the only logical reason I can think for being so coy. Um I did see Tony Morbritt at some uh mention that they had a big injury um since their last game. But he kind of was up front and just said, but I'm, I'm not telling you who it is because I don't want them to know. The oh uh, Neil Warnock, actually. It's this failure play, isn't it? Uh, I don't want Neil Warnock to know who it is. Uh, I just thought actually he would, while most like character just coy and just try and not actually say it that much on injuries, Logger was just up front and said, nah, I'm not telling you who it is because I don't want the opposition to know. Uh, so, yeah, I, I took from it that, he he kind of said the count in the numbers for Wednesday night. Uh, It it was slightly tongue-in-cheek, but I took from it that probably at least three of them. Judging from what I saw on the night, I would say I, I wouldn't expect McGree and Fry to be back on Wednesday. I wouldn't expect Ramsey to be available, but Mark's forces didn't look too serious to me, so I'm expecting he should be fine to play.
0: Yeah, I'd say for, for me, when he went down, it looked like it was a, a bit like, there might be something wrong, but they say, we're, we're, you know, we're, we're miles ahead, we're 5-1 up, let's just let's get him off, let's get him sat down and we'll uh, yeah. watch the gym in the morning and don't worry about it kind of thing. Um, let's say, and Ramsey as well, I, I know Ramsey came off pretty early, but he still walked around the pitch pretty pretty okay for me, so, you know, not too much of a worry uh, for Hull coming to us on Wednesday night, but... No, it's a uh, yes. It was uh, a a really good win, and uh, something to like. I can't wait to get into. But Dally, welcome. Um, well,
3: welcome back. Um, where have you been? you been? Oh, I, apologies, boys. Um, just with <laughs> new job, uh, new job rolling. Things. Like that. I just can't, I can't get back on on in on time. But um, I'm really glad to be back on. Um, obviously, I see us at the match. Um, it's just getting on another night a week. Um, obviously I've got to get back to the family and stuff, but but no, it's brilliant to be brilliant to be on and like I say, you know, a good good game to come back and talk about, you know, Norwich. It was um like you say, the weather was was horrific and you know, when that game kicked off, you know, you see the the, the standing water on the pitch, you think, you oh, know, how long is this gonna last for? But the ball seemed to flow pretty well. Um and and and, and some of the football planes fantastic, isn't it? So
0: it's superb. It's um, yeah. As, as I say, obviously we see each other all the time at the top of the north stand. Um, but um, no, we had to get you back on for this one. This was a a pretty big victory. This one, it was uh, yeah, a proper joyride, as I say. The place was bouncing. <laughs> um, credit to the the twenty six thousand that were there as well. I say the weather was bang rank. It was horrible. Um, uh, probably why I've got a bit of a call coming. To be quite honest, um. But uh, yeah, he was absolutely right. But what did you what did you make of the team, Dally, when you saw it? Obviously, um the one change with McGreen coming out for that, that knock. But apart from that, I was I was quite happy with what I what I saw out there.
3: Yeah, definitely. Um you know, even though Crooksy scored um against Bristol, I, I think the pace of Archer, you know, knowing that that that, that Norwich's defence wasn't at full strength, I think that was that, that was always gonna be um something we would try and exploit. Um I think Ramsey had a point to, play, a point to prove as well against uh, against Norwich. I know that the fans were very complimentary about him um, when he was down there and, and, and the way he left. Um, and I, I wish I'd backed it because I'd said before the game, I fancied, <laughs> him, I fancied him to score. Um, he probably had, how long was he on for? About 15, 10, 15 minutes. And I thought it was probably the best 10, 15 minutes I've seen him play. Um, but, but no, um, apart from that, it, it was as I expected the team, to be fair.
0: Yeah, oh, I mean we'll talk about his, his goal and celebration, but I'll give you a hit was proper housery. I loved it. Yeah. Absolutely. But uh Dicko, what did you make of the team? Obviously, um, you know, we spoke last week about um you know the couple of changes you wanted to make on the defense. Obviously, uh, Dale Fry didn't make it, but Dyke Steel was on the bench, uh, Jones was back on the bench, uh, but Tommy Smith obviously got his start. What did you make of the starting eleven?
2: Pretty much what we'd expect. Uh, I was obviously I didn't realise that McGree was injured for the game, so I thought McGree would have started, but obviously they him being injured, yeah. you know I've got no problem with Marcus Force playing. He's been tremendous. Uh, as I say, another mixed performance by by our man at the back again, uh, Paddy McNair. You know another poor mistake for the goal, but I thought after that he actually recovered pretty well and had a had a really solid second half performance by him. So credit to him for that. I just think, as, I, as I've said before on the podcast moving forward, if we're going to make it to the Premier League, I think we need Dale Fry in that back four. Um, just gives us well, that little bit extra solidity at the back and I think, we, I think you know, most weeks now we we'll see we're making a mistake. The the costly errors, the individual errors, I don't think it's a, a tactical thing. I think the individual errors most of the time. Um, so it'll be nice to get Dale Fry back, but as you see, I don't know how long he's how will all these injuries going to last for? But the starting eleven, you you can't you can't argue with Middlesbrough starting eleven on Friday night. It was strong. It was an attacking lineup, and it was you know I was expecting a really tough game on Friday night. Um, I was I was encouraged when I seen Ben Gibson and Hanley, their two mainstays at the back were missing. I thought that that will give Michael Carrick and Middlesbrough a lot of encouragement to to get at them from the start on the wet surface, and that's exactly what Middlesbrough had done, and we, we took them apart first half, didn't we?
0: Well, that's it. I mean, I um, say it's a surface like that. I, I think the famous players like Johnny and Hayden Hackney, who, who were not shy to get the the foot into it, and it um, showed down the first couple of minutes. They got stuck. I mean, Hackney, I thought he chopped that player in half. I really did. I thought, Jesus Christ, what are you doing, boy? Um, but um, he uh, he got away with it. Obviously, it was a, it was a it was a decent ref for once on Friday. He obviously told you know have a word, you know, keep keep calm, because because we all said at the back of the last time, oh Jesus. That could be a card, so it could be a red because he was, he was, good waste ice when he did it. So, um, but, um, could I'll come here. The first goal, obviously, it was a well-worked goal, it was, um, beautifully finished by, um, Aaron Ramsey. I called him Jacob Ramsey when he scored Um, but he put it away nicely. But, for me, even though we were seven minutes in, it was a it was a crucial time to get the goal because I thought Norwich started really well and they say they had that chance really early uh, where Josh Sargent put it wise, um, but after that, so the first goal got that goal into then we just we just absolutely tore them to bits after that.
1: Yeah, I agree with you. I thought <clears throat> I thought the wet pitch and it being really wet would uh, suit us really well, but the first ten minutes they seemed to. Seem uh, be used to the conditions a little bit better than we were at first, but yeah, yeah. but after the first ten minutes, I thought we were we we played some really good stuff, and and although it looks like a tapping, <clears throat> Ramsey's uh, Ramsey's goal, the build-up play it was really good again uh, as per usual with a lot of the goals we score, the look easy goals, but it, it's what goes into them beforehand. I thought it was a really good team goal and uh, something we've become accustomed to since Michael Carrick came in. To be honest.
0: Oh, absolutely, and it's, it, it showed as well, didn't it? The uh, the interaction between the front three because all three of them were involved. It was a lovely ball through from Macpom to Archer, and then yeah. the, the, the calmness of Archer just to stop himself, take a look, and just play the ball nicely across the goal where where Ramsey had the, had the freedom of t side to put yeah. the ball in the net. And, and I say it was just it just showed the understanding that all three have got together playing up front.
1: Well, let's not forget Ar- Archer's not really played much football especially at this level. He he played a little bit at Preston, wasn't it last season on loan? Um, But I saw a stat the other day, I can't remember exactly what it was now. which something to do with the minutes played and the amount of goals and assists he's had since he's been here. And to be honest, it's phenomenal for a player of that age and, and someone who hasn't really got experience of playing at this level. And I've mentioned before about Ramsey and Archer, even if we get to the Premier League, I think that's the type of player this club wants to be bringing in. They've got well, that's absolutely it. bags of potential. And if they come here and we're in the Premier League and they have half-decent seasons, they're going to be worth massive amounts of money. I, I, I love the look at both of them, to be fair. Archer, Arch, like I say, it's not just his goals, his assists. He, he knows how to pick a player out. Sometimes when he can shoot, he picks players out in better positions. And, and he's got it all dead on young shoulders for me. He's a quality player.
0: He is. He's uh, he's, he's mature beyond his age, isn't he? He's... he's... His footballing brains very, very good. I mean, I say I looked at the same stuff. I, I say before I came on, I had a little look. Sixteen games, eight goals, six assists. I mean, fourteen goal interactions in sixteen games into a team where you you just walking in. You haven't had much football the first half of the season. I think the only got only interaction you had was a, a game in the the Carling Cup or Carabao Cup as it is now against you know someone in the lower leagues. His his goal interaction is 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 incredible for for a young man. And uh, yeah, long may it continue for me. Go on, take on.
2: Just going to see regarding stats for Archer. I, I seen a stat today that he had um, the least touches of any player against Norwich. that played ninety minutes wow. on the night, and he ended up with two goals and two assists. Oh, so he, he was, it just shows he's he's impact. That's incredible. Oh, it's,
0: it's impacting. It's, it's phenomenal. I think he's. I mean I mean Dali, we we've said, haven't we, at the back of the north, stand, he's one of them players that's come in and it's it's been an absolute sensation for us. I mean, him and Ramsey, they, they play a lot of football in between themselves at times on the play together, but it's effective and it's working. It's 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 giving us the, the balance up front to to score one, two, three, I say four and five at times now, which is which is gonna benefit us going forward.
3: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think it took him maybe. I
0: remember
3: Sunland away, and I was still a bit on the fence with him. And after his first full start, um, you, you couldn't you could see there was something there. But you play the ball along the floor, you play into him. Um, when when Akpom released that ball, I, I said to Chappie next to me,
2: yeah.
3: "I said it'll be goalless because if you looked at his, he scored hell of a goal. I know he was a, a margin offside against Bristol." But the finish he he produced oh. was unbelievable from from the angle. Um, so when you put him through like that, you know the, the, the pass he's picked out, you know absolutely the two assists he he, he produced were, were fantastic. And he shows how unselfish mm-hmm. he is. You know he's in he, in both positions. Well, sorry, maybe he's not the second goal because maybe he's a bit bit too bit too close to the line. The first shot, the first the first chance he had, given the chance he he scored against Bristol, albeit being disallowed. You would still back it with the target, but he's but he's looking for those assists as well. But hell of a player and hell of a weapon to bring in mid season, you know, to, to to try and push you over the line.
0: Oh God, yeah. Absolutely. I say I say I like like you said there, like you alluded to. I'd say I remember his first game against, like his first couple of games, you thought, and he's just settling in a bit, but I say that, that the, the breakout game was against Watford. They say he just took the he just took the game massively to Watford you know, they came to us not in the greatest of form, Bilic was under pressure, but he just absolutely torn into bits, and I think, it's, I remember slavin Billich saying after the game, when you've got players like Cameron Archer and Tuber coming at you, you've got to be strong at the back, and we were nowhere near it, and, and they they punished us, and they say so that's what, you know, that, that's what you expect now, and that's what you get from these these young players that have come in, they're fantastic, but um. Yeah, I say we we follow on from that. It's, we just I mean, we had that the moments in the first half where say Stefan made a I mean, Dick I'll let you talk about this one. The, the double save from Stefan at 1-0. People are saying, Well, the second block was it was actually um And I questioned someone behind me, I said, What's that back? His hand went straight in front of Lenahan's foot. It was a hell of a save.
2: I had the same conversation with with my dad at the match, actually, because he thought it was Lennon and I knew it was Stefan because I was right behind it and I could see what he had done. And I couldn't wait to get home and uh, re-watch it uh, (laughs) and see it again. It was an exceptional save, great reactions, um, because that would have been an important time for Norwich to, to get back into the game. And it's little moments like that that are just as important as a a brilliant bit of skill from Archer or Pom and they tend to get forgetting about at the end of the game and you've won 5-1 and you're going off the pitch but those are, are, are key moments and he's been a key figure for us over the last few weeks with, with big saves. Um, mm-hmm. done it at Bristol City in the first half with a big save at an important time as well and I know we're still conceding goals but the way we play the, how, how, how attacking we are we're probably, we've probably just got to get used to that we probably are going to concede one every every, every other week but you know, he he's a he's a key part, not only the to, to keeping the mouth, but also starting our attacks as well with his with his feet, because he's he, he's the best in the league with his feet. That's why he was brought in by Chris Wilder originally. And uh, I think Michael Carrick's uh, brought him on to the next level again. Absolutely.
0: Go
1: on, cut. Yeah, I'm glad we've mentioned Stefan. I think he's um, I think he's worthy of a few minutes of our time just talking about him because We've had fans in the past going on about his passing. And to be fair, on a whole, on here, we've been big fans of, of Stefan. A few times we've mentioned, yeah, he could he could kick it kick it long when he's under a bit of pressure. But I think I think that part of his game has improved in the last month, six weeks. I think sometimes when he is under a bit of pressure, he's not looking for, for a little pass. He, he, he's not scared to kick it long anymore. I, th- I think he's been absolutely... I think he's been a, a top sign of me this year, I think some of his, his saves. He doesn't have loads and loads of work to do, but when he's called upon, he's a great shot stopper as well. Not he's not just good with his feet, he, he is a good keeper as well.
0: Oh, he's a, he's a hell of a keeper. I say it's, it's some I know I know we do talk about the, you know, the couple of mistakes he may, he may have brought, you know, that's happened in, you know, previous games and that but we've always stayed quite consistent, you know, he's a he's a massive part of this team. Um I mean I say Dicko's obviously led the uh bandwagon in in, in in defending him as much as he has. On, I remember the start of the season when I said he needed games and just
2: tried to settle in and or chopping change in the back four, which wasn't helping. And I said at the time early on that by the end of the season you would prove to be the best goalkeeper in the league. Now I'm not saying he has or he hasn't, but I think he's up there for the debate certainly now as being one of the best goalkeepers if not the best goalkeeper in the league. He's improved that much and I think part of his game had improved as well. When when the first few games he come in, I think it was a way QPR and he got done on a corner. Oh, and it was his fault and he got bullied. And those question marks over over him, sort of he's commanding of the penalty area, coming for crosses and things like that. And is he big enough as a goalkeeper, which I find crazy because he's, he's a man now when you actually see him. But uh, I think he's, over the last sort of few weeks, he's really started to command his area now and he seems to be taking... A lot more high balls and punching things, and coming and catching catching the ball as well. So his game's improved phenomenally over the season. And as I say, he's doing exactly what I thought he would, which is be one of the best goalkeepers in the division.
0: Absolutely, go on, Dally, I saw your hands up. Um, yeah,
2: just a... just just
3: following on from what 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 Steve said there. To be fair, you know, I was on about it on on Friday night about that, that QPR game, oh, I know you are. Um, and we we were on about it because. At that point, obviously there was question marks over him. But As a fan, I'll be honest; my opinion has completely changed on him now. I wasn't a fan. I looked at him, but I think that that part of my frustration with the goalkeeper was I still had a hangover from Lumley, where I was still so nervous about anything going near a goalkeeper, and because we were persistent about putting it on the floor and playing it to it, playing it always backwards to a goalkeeper. I haven't, I haven't watched calamity Lumley last year. Like, I, I, I think, I don't know if that, that maybe yeah. came across from the crowd in, 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 into Stefan a little bit, but I'll tell you what, when I've watched him, certainly since Christmas onwards, I've got full confidence in him. And I, the, the only thing that I've seen let him down has been, and I, and I hate single and players out, the likes of you, McNair's with sloppy back passes, with uh, an individual mistakes, as it was pointed out earlier on, um, more than him... Uh, not hitting his target with a pass, or 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 not, um, not reading the game properly. So you know he's come on for me leaps and bounds and, and grown in confidence, and and you can see why he is he is a Manchester City player.
0: No, no, you're absolutely right. And you say, you know, he's kicking double digits now with his good, his clean sheets as well. I know he's 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 miles away from where um, the Coventry keeper is. I think the Coventry keeper's got something like twenty clean sheets this season, which is a scary stuff. Considering their are um their, their creeping top six, you know, seventh at the moment. And uh, but no, he's he's been absolutely crucial, and that's, that's why I wanted to give him his, his his minutes there to to discuss that double, especially that double save because it was the reactions, especially for the second as well. I know Lennie foot was there, but he didn't know that. He said, "Come get down and get the ball." It was just incredible. But um,
2: it was it was great to hear the South Stand and the new boys at the back of the North Stand as well, rocking his new song. Yeah. At the Riverside on Friday night, and I know it sounds trivial and silly, but it's not. Things like that to a player are huge for the confidence. And yeah. for Zach stepping to hear the fans not getting jittery when he's getting back passes, and actually having a song ringing around the Riverside for him,
0: it'll do his confidence the world of good going into the running. Absolutely, no, but here, here to that, it's, it's completely agreed. He's, you know, he deserves his, his, you know, his, his praise because he's been at times brilliant this season and I've, I've fully enjoyed him being in goal, especially after, the, like Dally said there, the clamorous, the keepers we've had such as Joe Lumley, Marcus Bessinelli you know, the list could go on and on and on and on, it's been it's been rank, but we've I think we've got a good one in, in sack, Steph, and you know, fingers crossed he might stay, but um, Greg, I'll come to you, obviously getting towards half-time, you're doing your half-time right up all of a sudden you've got a disallowed goal from Lenahan offside. You've got a goal from Arch- uh, from Hackney. A goal from um, was it well, no, H- Archer. You've got a goal from Sargent. All of a sudden, it's kicked off
4: big time. That that five minutes up to half time was absolutely nuts, wasn't it? I mean, well, I guess ten minutes you might call it because those five added on, wasn't there? But uh, yeah, I mean during a live match, I'm obviously I'm I'm trying to drag pictures in, I'm trying to write my report, particularly in a night match, because what's what's full time about ten to ten and and, and the paper goes at ten o'clock, it's got to be at the printers at ten o'clock. So you've got to have your report like there. Pretty much on the whistle, so you're going with your report. You're then trying to do the live blog. You're trying to live tweet on two different things. One those goals started flying in. That was it. I, I felt like I was putting in as much work as every one of those Middlesbrough players. I was sweating by half time. It was uh, <laughs> it was some five or ten minutes last day of me, but uh, yeah, really enjoyable. Oh yeah,
0: I mean, um, I mean that yeah, was enjoyable for us. I mean, we were just about recovering ourselves back to. Wherever we normally stand or sit or whatever, and all of a sudden another goal goes in, and you think, Jesus Christ! It like you'd fallen down. <laughs> it was ridiculous. It was um, it's um not something we used to. You know, we used to going in every one nil. we us see what the second half brings, but we went from forty forty first minute being one nil to half time, and it's four one. And you think, Jesus Christ! Um, right, well, but, you know, I mean, I mean. As a, as a journalist, when you're doing write-ups like that, because obviously you know you're, you were doing bits and pieces of the Gazette during the game as well, you know, how how do you get your head around all that? I mean, how do you organise your head You think, right, I need to talk about that goal first, then I'll put a little bit about that, then I'll talk about the mistake from McNair for the, for the sergeant goal, then I'll talk about what's going up the other end and getting the fourth goal, and then I'll talk, eventually talk about half-time
4: yeah it's uh it it is nuts, but i think you know we we do obviously we have at most grounds there there are a couple of grounds, but certainly at the riverside we do have a screen uh so we do get the we are blessed with replays, which always helps and it is particularly difficult when you go to uh grounds where there aren't screens like Bristol City for example and you you yeah. don't see a replay um you yeah, know i mean if if what had happened on on Friday night had happened at Bristol City on Monday, and there was a few goals like that, chances are my head might have been down typing about the goal that had happened previously, as another goal was going in, and I'd have never actually known what happened until you know maybe the next year when I got to see a replay or something. It's uh, you've got uh, it's it's something that kind of comes with experience, you know, trying to like keep one eye on the game almost and then one eye on the laptop. I think the the main thing is you always want to be, you know, as right as possible. Um, and you, there's so much going off. I mean, I'll, I'll admit that on the night i thought it was Lenehan who made that second block for the stefan double save it was only the next year when i went back and watched the replays and, and had you know like a, the replay on a proper telly and different angles as you do that i realized that it was actually a superb double save from stefan uh, you know on the night at the time in in with everything going on as it does on a match i'd actually thought that was a Lenehan block um and uh yeah you just get used to it really just working at that uh, that piece and just seeing things go go on but yeah there's nothing that can quite prepare you for a for a five minutes or so like that leading up to half time it was bonkers
0: no no you're absolutely right I mean I mean lucky for you you did have to eat bears because I was actually looking down at my phone at something and all of a sudden the ball hits the net and I just made it 4-1 and I thought oh, who scored that um it was yeah it was it was a hell of a five minutes it was um I say we're not used to it, and you know to take us into the break from looking at the second half to try and build on a goal lead to effectively being game over was um it was nice it was you know it was it was nice to go into and to be sat with all the lads at half-time. I think yeah you know pretty much pretty much done and then and then Dali we got second half and then Archer does it again plays the ball across the box and Tuba makes it goal number twenty seven for the season.
3: Yeah, definitely. It was a, a, a again, you know, we we've won the ball back and 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 the, the passing was was, was brilliant. Mm. Just you know, a big shout out to to Moet, who I thought took his chance on oh, yeah. on Friday night. You know, he, from from the bits I've seen of him, there hasn't I, I, the only standout moment really for me was a free kick where he, he rattled the bar, but I thought he was absolutely fantastic on Friday, and um, you know, he's put that tackle in. Um, the ball's being played through to Archer, yeah. um, and again, you know, he, he's seen he's seen the little run from from Akpom, which was quite a late run if you if you watch the replay. Um, and again, you know, he, he had to get on the he had to get on the score sheet, didn't he? Um, you know, he's he, he, he's got to break. You know, how many how many he's got the score three or four to break the record. Um, three
0: to, to break, break 30, thirty,
3: yeah, yeah. So we've got what four games left, potentially playoffs. You know. It, it it's on for him, isn't it?
0: Oh, of course it is. I mean, there's only there's only three players that have scored um I think it's three players that have scored 30 plus goals in the championship. Obviously, you had the free that was Mitrovic that scored 40 odd last season, and then Ivan Tony and uh, I think David McGoldrick's the other one, um that scored 30 plus goals in the chat. So you could you could join a very lucrative set of players, and I can't see why you can't do it. And but I mean Cut a, a 5 1 win against a playoff rival such as Norwich. I mean, people were saying to me it was just Norwich, but that was a statement for me Friday night. First first game of the weekend, you know, Borough potentially a bit shaky, you know, no winning no three, uh, which, you know, consisted of two defeats. But we took Norwich to, to, to bits and put them to the start, sword and made him look very, very average.
1: Yeah. I mean, let's not forget they just came down from the Premier League last season, so they've still got players of real high quality. And to be honest, even though we've walloped them on Friday, that's one team that I don't want to make the playoffs, Norwich. I mean, we've we've beat them twice, but I remember the last time we beat them twice in the league as well, and we know how how that ended. Yeah, yeah, it's one, like I say, I think normally under Carrick, after a defeat, we've got back on the horse the next game. Took us a couple of games this time, but uh, the football the football again was, was fantastic. The quality of the goals was really good. I mean, a few of us mentioned on the pod last week about resting the midfield players because we thought they looked a bit leggy. But the midfield on Friday night, forget the goals and the assist, the two. I thought Housen was absolutely phenomenal, mate. In that weather, he, he covered every blade of grass. He was led by example. He was absolutely fantastic. Um yeah, and 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 like Dally said up there about Mawet, when we mentioned about changes last week, he's impressed me more than Barley's, although they've both had very few minutes between each other. I think there's something about Mawet. I think there's a well, he's he's had decent seasons at Barnsley and and he was promising at Leeds. I think he's a decent footballer. I mean, it's just because we've played that well, his chances have been limited. I think there's a, I think there's a decent player in there to be honest.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, um, you know. He, We've seen, you know, the goals he scored for Leeds, for Barnsley, uh, even West Brom. You know, he scored some cracking goals, and he was brought in to do a job. He's, I say, like you said, there, he's not been given the opportunity simply because of the form that Housen and McGree, when he played in the centre, and, and obviously Hackney coming in and Crooks as well. You know, we've, we've we've got a solid squad, and he's just had to buy his time, and he's, he, you know, he's he's doing incredibly well, and I mean, it's, you know, it's, it's just really good.
1: He's neat on the ball, but for oh, one yeah. of them goals, he put in an
0: absolute worthy of a tackle. Yeah, he did. For one of the goals, it was great. Well, He played to pass as well, didn't he? To um, to Archer for the goal, the pass through was oh, I was bang on the money, and it, obviously a good touch and finish. But that pass was fifty pence piece. He knew exactly where he was putting it. And it's, oh, it was just a, one of the most one of the brilliant goals we scored on Friday night. I mean. I couldn't remember the matches. Now I'll start with you, Craig, because obviously you put your ratings out on Friday nights and you had both uh House and Is and you know, your nines out of tens. You know, was it was it that close to obviously judge between them? I imagine you know you're gonna hear these two names coming from the rest of us as well, to be quite honest.
4: Yeah, I mean it, I, I was like John, I thought Housen was was absolutely brilliant. It was one of them where it just felt like you know, any time there was a sniff of, of them going forward, House just seemed to be there. Uh, And then, you know, on the flip side, when Middlesbrough were going forward, he just seemed to be really positive in terms of positioning himself well to ensure either he was involved in the attack in some way, whether it was starting it off or, or, you know, being around to just be in a good area to recycle it. If Norwich were, you know, trying to clear or whatever, he was there to kind of keep Middlesbrough on the front foot. I just thought he he offered so much in that midfield. But I think ultimately, I I give them both nines, but I think if you were picking a man of the match, I think... uh, when you, your your centre forward contributes two goals and two assists, it's hard not to give uh, Cameron Archer the the man of the match, isn't it? Because you know that's ultimately what he's there to do, and he's he's done it brilliantly on the night.
0: I know. People obviously say, you know, well, he's you know, only just doing his job, but just doing your job, and then it's doing your job. You know what I mean? He was absolutely superb, you're absolutely right uh, to pick him out. Um, Coach, so come to you you man of the match?
1: Well, this is. It's brutally harsh on Archer, who was fantastic, but I've always loved players with graft and determination. It's, it, like it would say, players will die on the pitch for your club and your cause. And as a fan, I absolutely love that and So just for that, Housen just nicks it for me. But that is harsh on Archie. I've got to admit, but but Housen was unbelievable. Well, you've
0: got, you've got to dart again got three points, haven't you? But, uh... That's the one. <laughs> but now there was a particular moment as well for housing uh, I think it might have been the first half there was two Norwich players going for the ball um, and you took the pair of them you just took the pair of them and you thought that's the midfielder that we should have you know that we've got that you know he's been doing that for 10 plus years and he just doesn't seem to be getting younger and you just think how the hell are you doing it you know we've all had a hard week graft at work we're turning it on Friday night we're like a bit of a, He's just getting older and older and better and better. He's oh, fantastic. He's an absolute diamond in the rough. I, I love Johnny me. He's like but, a fine wine. Uh, fine wine. Absolute fine wine. Served by Gibbon. Uh, but um, no, you're absolutely right. He's brilliant. Uh, Dally, man of the match?
3: you got to go. I'll go Archer. Um, I, think, I think Steve mentioned it earlier on. It was at least the amount of touches. And, you know, the performance you put in, brilliant you know game changer like I say he's, uh, he's the one that we brought in for, for this reason
2: absolutely absolutely Dicko uh, I would echo what uh, John Cutler said about Alex Mote uh, at the game I didn't appreciate how well he played at the stadium when I re-watched the match back home I thought he was outstanding so John Cutler was spot on with that I thought there were some good performances all over the pitch we mentioned Stephen. I thought, I thought Mark was force and Hayden Hackney I are I worth mentioning, mentioning had two good games. But, like all you lads have said, to me, your man in the match is always got to be the match for another game changer, the little bit of quality, the bit of difference. So, Cameron Archer for me uh, was head and shoulders, the quality player on, on, on the pitch. And I would go as far to say as I wouldn't be surprised in the next few years if we see him wearing an England shirt. I think
0: I think he's that good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he's obviously he's, he's already under, under twenty one international, isn't he? so you know he, he's got a potential from me. I'm, I'm with you to make the step up but, Yeah. Any other day, I'd give house in the man of the match. Any other day, but to get two goals and two assists, it's really hard to say you can't give uh, Cameron Archer man of the match. I thought he looked the Premier League quality out of the whole game. I know Norwich had a few. You know, primary quality players, you know, such as Pookie and Max Aaron's players like that have come down, but it was head and shoulders above everything. Cameron He was absolutely superb, he was brilliant, and uh, it's been a right difference since February onwards for me. And I'm gutted he's not ours, I really am. Go on, coach.
1: Yeah, I was just going to say it's funny that we've got uh, four so called experts on in the Gazette's writer. And uh, four out of five years are wrong I'm on man the match. So, well done,
0: boys. <laughs> ah, you're not, man. <laughs> no, it, it, yeah. any other day, any other day i have given it to Johnny Housen because I, I love that one moment, in this, especially in them conditions where, you know, you get stuck in. I mean, Hackney got a bit too stuck in and you should have just calmed down a nickle bit. But, um, oh, that that yeah, the tackle where house went through the pair of them and uh, came out with the ball, I thought... You beaut, You beaut, That's our captain. And that's exactly what a captain should be. Led by example. And he was he was brilliant all night. But yeah. When you can when you contribute with four the five goals, it's You hard to give it away from uh, Cameron Archer. But um, no, massive win for the Borough. Uh, started the weekend really well. Um yeah, it was obviously, you know, results results for our way in a way, because obviously it, it pretty much cemented a playoff spot for us. We're now nine clear of Chasing pack. I know Millwall got the win against Preston, um, but let's say Preston in that chasing pack. So Blackburn never won. Let's say Coventry got themselves involved. Someone them got themselves involved. So there's a little cluster underneath Millwall at the moment. But it has been an almighty collapse for us to get out of this now. So yeah, get start playing for the playoffs. Start playing for the uh, the biggest lottery in football. Um, I love it, but I hate being involved in it. I absolutely hate being involved in this. But um what what will be, I'll um I'll be wherever it, it will be. Um before I go into um obviously, but before I ask this question, actually I want to say well done to the lads at the food bank on Friday as well. Um because the weather was absolutely horrendous Friday. And I say John Don stood there uh mark motley was there um i think Andy mcdonald turned up the um the uh, labor mp he was there at one point um there was a fair few people and the, the amount of donations i saw getting given was ridiculous and i say it just makes you makes you proud to be a teesider. It doesn't matter how how rough times are we still pull together we still help our own so um yeah it's um so yeah it was um yeah well done to everybody involved and I'll get in touch with John and I'll get the final totals out and um, yeah, we'll let you all know. But um, yeah, one question I'm going to ask you is before I talk to Craig about Carrick's press conference because um, I don't know Craig in this actually. I'll but I'll ask you last we'll because you're the expert. Um, Cutler, I'll start. Cutler, I'll start with you. Who's the one team you think we will actually get in? Because it looks like we're cemented in. It looks like we're in. Right. I'm not going. Mm. We're not jinxing it. We're not doing anything like that. Who do you think we're actually gonna get in the
1: playoffs home and away? Oh, home and away.
0: Let's not think too far ahead. I, let's not go to Wembley, yes. Let's let's look at that first and second way.
1: Right, well, I, I actually think I know we're gonna get in the semis and the final, and the final might surprise us a little bit. I think it'll be I think it'll be Millwall, mate, which will be really tough at the den. But I think it'll be Millwall, and I think the final will be a surprise.
0: You. Well, you've built, you've bid it you up now. I can't, I can't
1: walk away now. I think Mowbray's got Sunderland just there or thereabouts. Oh
0: Jesus Christ! Think, get get you No, know,
1: listen to me. You just talk about planning. The place and the trades will be absolutely dreading all of this and all the service stations because if we get Sunderland, it'd be like it, it'd be the most perfect way to go up if we could beat them. But on the other hand if we lost them at Wembley, it'd be the worst thing possible. I don't want them to make it. Don't get me wrong, but I think Mowbray might just sneak them in. And imagine that at Wembley getting promoted at Wembley against them. Oh my God!
0: Forget the train there. If we get promoted against them, imagine the train back. <laughs> Jesus Christ!
1: That'll be all right because we'd be celebrating. Hopefully,
0: <laughs> Elodie, I'll be going. Nah, nah. Get on strike. Go on strike. I'll pay you to go on strike. Listen, they've got the youngest squad in the in the
1: championship, and I think I think I know we don't talk about other clubs that much, and particularly them. I think Mowbray has done a great job there, mate. I really do.
0: Some of the players they've got, I've got a bit there. But, I mean, I'm a Diallo from United. There's no chance he's going back there next year. Absolutely no chance. He's an absolute light year ahead of anything they've got. Unbelievable player. He ripped us to pits in January. and say, He's done it again the rest of the season. And if they finish seventh on goal difference, I'd be the happiest man in the world. I won't lie to you. It'd be great. Um, Dally, give me your pick.
3: Myself off me also oh, there, boys. Um, looking at the table, so tight, isn't it? I think personally, I think it'll be Millwall. We'll play. Yeah. Um, I think looking at the fixtures that Luton have got, looking at what we've got, obviously we've got Coventry last game of the season. He'll be fighting for a playoff place. Um, which I'd still back us to beat them, but I think it'll be Millwall that we'll have.
0: Yeah, I do as well. It's going to be great. that final game will be nice and cosy, getting ready for the playoffs. And watching them sweat, they'll be sweating buckets in that away end. Just you know what I go think? Going.
3: I think it, it, I, wouldn't have mind, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't Blackburn. I mean Blackburn away in the playoffs. You know you can get seven thousand there. You know a bigger away following. You know you know they'll cash in. You know they'll they'll give you the full allocation. We okay. won't mess around giving you a couple of thousands. Um, I mean just just touching on what John mentioned there. I think the police would be sweating if it was Sunday because Newcastle are at a Chelsea that weekend as well. So. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> the, northeast, the northeast would take over. I mean, it, it, I think people will have to start pitching at Trafalgar Square and out of Clean Dibs on it, wouldn't oh, they? Like,
0: yeah, you yeah, had yeah, the battle of Trafalgar all them years ago. That's gonna have nothing, <laughs> gonna have absolutely nothing of what's gonna come. But, yeah, <laughs> nah, I, I'm, I mean, I'll, I'll, I'll say my bit now. I, I think we've got Millwall coming, I think Millwall's the team we'll end up with, and, um, whether it's going to be—I don't know if it's been confirmed yet—where whether it'll be a Friday or a Saturday the first leg, don't know. But um, yeah, I don't—I don't fancy Friday night at the Den. I'll say that. But I'd fancy to beat them because I just think we're better. I think if you can get the first—if you can get the first leg away,
3: that's what I want. Because the—you the, look at when we when we played um, Aston Villa at home, it was nil each, and then we had to go there. And I think we, we really had to score at home, but we never. Um, and I think that that second leg you've got the atmosphere, and if if it's only if there's only a goal in it, I mean even if it's two goals in it, the, the, the way we play football, you'd have confidence still going into it. But as long as that second legs at home,
0: yeah, we'll be right. That's what I want. Alan Brentford. If I'm going another the at a moment, Jesus Christ, that would cripple me. But uh... no.
3: Moon is to come on and give us an hour and a bit of a moment.
0: I'll have a collapsed heart in my mind, lung. Oh, that'd be amazing. I'd love that. Dick off. who's your choice? I, I still think we'll we'll finish above
2: Luton. So I think everybody's assuming Luton aren't going to be caught by, you, but I think we will catch Luton. So I, I think Middlesbrough finished finish third, and I think we'll play who we'll comes sixth. So I've got a sneaky suspicion it might be Blackburn. I think Blackburn play Luton. It's the second-last game of the season, Blackburn v Luton, which will be a key game for us. And I tell you what's a tasty game as well. Last day of the season, Preston v. Sunderland. So that's going to be a big game as well, Preston v. Sunderland. So you never know. I mean, I'd love Preston to sneak in there because I don't think Preston would be looking forward to playing Middlesbrough over over two legs after what we've done to them recently. Uh, But I've got a sneaky suspicion we'll get Blackburn.
0: Well, now you've mentioned that. I mean, I've started looking at the final day fixtures. I mean, Millwall have got Blackburn final day. There's another one. You know what I mean? Millwall have got Blackburn. Um, if you look at the other end. Huddersfield have got Reading. That could that could have carnage all over it. Um, Watford Stoke. I mean, both both of them are still within a sneaky of a shout. Um, you know, there's, there's fights everywhere. It's going to be a it's going to be a cracking day, and we're going to be on the we're going to be on the lounges just uh, enjoying the moments and uh, watching them all. Sweat about where they're going to end up. We, we've got our bits, um, we, we'll be done by then, so I'll be quite happy with that. Though,
2: tell you what, I would say whether you're Norwich supporters, Sunderland, Preston, Coventry, Blackburn, or Millwall, none of them will want to play Middlesbrough, that's for sure. No,
0: well, I said that on there. I say, obviously, you know, I was at the game like you guys were on Friday, but they were all saying on Sky, you don't want to play these like all the way, there's absolutely no chance you want to play these under that. In that kind of form, brilliant. It's you know, you can't stop him. So, you know, if, if we're getting the recognition, aren't we now, by the, uh, the national press? So they've watched us. They've watched us creep up the table. So and, we, and we're showing it on the big stage. So you know, it's great to watch, isn't it? Craig, before I ask you about Michael Carey, uh, what he's saying is, is uh, pretty much presser. Who, uh, you know, you obviously yeah, you have to keep an eye on the results like we do. Obviously, we do it as fans. You do it for a job. Um, I know which one I'd rather do. Uh, I'd rather get paid for it. Um, who Who's your sneaky feeling? We're going to be getting in these uh, in this lottery that's coming in the end of May.
4: I'm with Steve. Me, I think Burrow are going to overtake Luton and finish third. Uh, and within that, I think someone who hasn't been mentioned perhaps overlooked. Um, I think West Brom will sneak sixth. Uh, they've got a game in hand, albeit against Sheffield United. But if they win that game in hand, bearing in mind it's, it's in midweek after... Well, it's next week, next midweek, after yeah. Sheffield United of course, are, are going to Wembley to play Man City. So they're going to be on a an emotional come down from what I'm sure will be a, a great weekend for them. That's a winnable game for West Brom. As I say, that would take them seventh winning a game in hand. I think they've got favourable fixtures and a solid at home. Enough to to sneak sixth. And um I could be left on with egg on my face seeing this, but I think the defeat that we had down at the Hawthorns could be the best thing that ultimately could have happened to Borough with that in mind, because I think you then go to the Hawthorns a bit more savvy for the first leg. Even if you lose, you don't lose as you know kind of comprehensively as it was that day at the Hawthorns. And then, as you said, they aren't as good away from home, and the way Barra play, particularly at home, I think over the two legs you can turn West Brom over.
0: Well, I, I don't fancy the half ones on a Friday night. I'll tell you that now. I will tell you that now. Well, I was there for the two 0 and it was horrendous. Um, but uh, no, I'd fancy to beat West Brom to be honest uh, over two legs. Um, we took we took them a bit up up here. Um, I know the sky wasn't comprehensive, up here, but it was it was job done, and we were we were we were well, um, we were well worthy of our win. But uh, so yeah, we've got there. We go. We've got three Millwalls, Walls, a, a Blackburn, and a West Brom. Uh, yeah, I don't know who put us all together. I really don't. But um, <laughs> there you go. <laughs> if uh, send your opinions in, send your views on who you think we might get in the playoffs. I think it's leading to Millwall. Both teams are, are flying in the moment. I actually hope Luton catch every United. to be honest. You know, imagine Luton in the Premier League. be something else, that. Um, so, yeah, good on them. You know, let them, let them do their bit. You know, I'm not asked about them. We'll focus on them next Monday. Um, but, obviously, we've got Wednesday Wednesday night, Hull. Um, Craig, you were there today. Obviously, was uh, Michael T- Carrick speaking before the game? He obviously mentioned about the, the injuries that may... You know, may influence his decisions. You know, what was said, um, you know, he, he's always kind of an upbeat person, he's very chilled. Um, if, if he, you know, it, as I said that when I met him, he's one of the most chilled out people I've ever seen in a high stake job. And he's just, I imagine he was probably the same today,
4: yeah, absolutely, very much as he is all the time. He's uh cool calm and collected very much the 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 player he was on a pitch yeah that midfield player that he was that's very much in keeping with his character off the pitch as well and uh you know he saw so, he's come from a football club that you know, the, the media attention on them as players at Manchester United is such that he is now media trade to the nth degree. And you know, you can you can try all sorts of ways to kind of get a bit more out of him, but he's he's too clever for it ultimately. Uh, you know, like we're talking about trying to get a bit of injury stuff out of him. So he'd been asked for an injury update, didn't really give one. As we've said, as I've discussed, like you know, why he wouldn't want to, and and so then I'd followed that up asking the question about could it be the end of the season for any of them, and you know, in the hope that if there was bad news to that extent, that might be a way in of him to kind of reveal that, but uh, you know, not giving anything away whatsoever. But uh, but yeah, interesting discussing the whole game in particular. You know, I think there was a bit of a warning there, not the kind of. You know, take this game for granted. He, he's obviously done his his homework on Hull and uh, they, they've got a, a, a big injury crisis. I don't think they've got a, a fit centre forward. I was talking to, to Dom Shaw, me, previously my colleague at the Gazette, now at the Northern Network, Um, I think it was after the press conference and uh, obviously he's part of the Northern Network. Now he covers all three North East teams and he was saying a couple of weeks ago when, when Hull were at Sunderland and they had that crazy 4-4 draw that drew, the drew 4-4 but not one team had a centre forward on the pitch an actual <laughs> recognised centre forward uh, and Hull come to the Riverside very much still in in that shape you know Aaron Connolly one of their three centre forwards but he's out injured as are the other two and uh but Carrick was quite interested in saying you know we can't take anything for granted he, he he talked up you know their strengths and what they're good at and yeah. uh as as always, and as you would expect from him, you know he's clearly done his homework on Holland. Uh, mm. um, but that that gives you confidence in it, in yourself that you know he's going to have formulated a plan uh, to to deal with that and to, to to break them down.
0: Well, that's it. I mean, I mean you know, obviously the uh, the Sun and Hull game was just before we played Burnley last um, last Friday um, over Easter weekend, and you know this was a cheer as Hull scored the equaliser for that penalty, in, you know, in added time. And, you know, it, I mean, they're, they're on the run at the moment, Hull, unbeaten in five, last defeat was against Burnley at the, um, the KCOM, or whatever it's called these days, um, their home stadium. But it includes a win against Millwall, you know, and they've just beat the Blackburn and got a draw as well. So they've got a bit of form against the playoff teams, you know, You can imagine that's the kind of message that that Michael's putting to his players. You know, these can perform in the big games against the big teams. If we let ourselves slip just for once, they're going to get in. I mean, players like Ozan Tufan, he's going to get in, and you know he knows where the goal is as well.
4: Yeah, one hundred percent. I think if you look at you know like. Everything that's happening around Middlesbrough now just strikes of a group of players, a squad that are so behind the manager and you just have so much belief in everything he sees. I mean, when you speak to the players now, I've often described it as like speaking a little mini Michael Carrick's, you know, when we were, were still chasing Sheffield United and you'd go and get a player, they'd come out with the same little lines that Michael Carrick would come out with, you know, the, the take it one game at a time and whatnot, and it, it it became difficult to get, you know, from a journalist's point of view, a line out of a player as well, because there were so kind of single minded and um, you know focused on 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 what the message was from the head coach they are clearly all very much in sync and we mentioned Zach Steffen earlier and you know I'll I'll write to be praising Zach Steffen and I think you know that's testament to the fact that clearly he's been asked to play in a particular way and while there was at times anxiety from the stands about that way of playing to 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 Zach Stephens credit he always stuck to to what he was asked what was asked of him even if it didn't necessarily always go right and i think you know that kind of thing is testament to just how much belief those players have in Michael Carrick um and i think you know ultimately when they're then going on the pitch and they've been given a game plan they've been told this is how we'll get the better of a team you know they've been told don't underestimate anything don't 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 take your foot off the gas ultimately they are going to be listening. Uh they've, they've, you can see they've got so much respect for him.
0: Yeah, yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I mean, we had the privilege of sitting down with with Carrick um a few weeks ago and you know we asked him about, you know, his is his camp persona and you know, does he portray that in the dressing room even when things are going really wrong? And he just shrugged his shoulders and went, well, oh, yeah. He's in you're in a you're in a high stakes job and you 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 are just like, yeah, just get on with it and you think, Jesus, you know, what kind of fuck is you know and he's, he's obviously he's got his um his traits and stuff from the managers he's played under, you know, Sir Alex and Josie and you know, people like that because it's it's calmness. I see. I always go back to that, that game against Norwich uh, away at Carroll Road when we went one down, he just looked at the whole squad and just went. It's all right, calm, calm, we're all right. And we won the game, and it just set us off on that unbelievable run after the World Cup. And it's been an absolute godsend to this club. And I've loved every single one of following it. It's been absolutely brilliant. And um, I imagine for you it's been an absolute joy writing about it because it must I imagine it's probably easy every week. Yeah, yeah, another another decent win, another comfortable win. Um, you know, never gave up, got a few goals and another three points.
4: Oh, it's it's so enjoyable to watch. It's so enjoyable to follow, and um, and and you know it is ultimately in the main part. Yeah, he's he, he can be savvy. He can be difficult to get answers out of. But you know he's Michael Carrick, like, and and you know it's no secret. I am a boyhood Man United fan. I grew up watching Michael Carrick and watching, you know, his his. The great Manchester United teams that he played in, so every now and then he'll break into stories and press conferences. And he was talking the other week about learning from from Paul Scholes and in training every day and playing against Barcelona when it was like Xavi and Iniesta, and he, he's talking about particular games. And, and I'm sitting at the press conference in my head, remembering exactly what he's talking about because I remember watching the games and uh, you know moments like that. You almost pinch yourself, you know that you kind of think, "Christ." 13, 14-year-old Craig would be absolutely, you know, kind of wouldn't believe he was sat in this position right now, yards away from Michael Carrick talking about these kind of things, but you know, ultimately, he's, he's ice, isn't he, like, in those situations, but what I will say at Huddersfield, saw the first sign of a little crack from him, and uh, when Middlesbrough are getting beat, make sure you uh, you calculate the added time correctly because the fourth official didn't get it at, uh, at Huddersfield, but <laughs> I think I think it was about five or six minutes went up on the board, but clearly Carrick thought it should have been a lot longer. So that fourth official got it. And uh, that was one of the first times I've seen him really, uh, really lose his cool.
0: Yeah. Well, I think I lost the cool that day. Um, I'll probably put my hands up. I wasn't there at that point. I'd gone. Four uh, one <laughs> was enough for me. I'd had enough at that point. I thought it's just going to get worse. I can't watch one up us. But um, no, it's been uh, um yeah, it's been an enjoyable ride. I've got to admit it, but final question for me then, Craig. Look at Hull. Um, you know they they come like I said there. They come to us on good form. Um, God wise, you know, do we do we do we make many changes? Obviously, we've had a good five day break before this one. You know, a bit of a privilege above most of the championship clubs to they say they only have a couple of days and then they're back into it. And you know, do you expect us to make any? Apart from, obviously, the the forced, the forced ones that are going to come through, but apart from that, I can't see us making many more changes, can you?
4: No, I'd be very surprised. I think he, he does largely keep a settled team, doesn't he? And uh, it will be interesting. It's hard to predict because, obviously, we aren't quite sure on who will and who won't be available. I think my my prediction I'd expect um marks force to be available and then you know then it's a question of um if he's on the right how do you go from there do you do you stick Isaiah Jones in and hope that his bright cameo can um, you know be a springboard for, for him to, to go on and, and and do better from there or do you go with what he went with ultimately on the night when Ramsey had to go off and uh, you know reward Mowat for for as we've said was a brilliant performance on the night and and stick hackney in the role that he ultimately played um it's not his natural position but he he did a job there um and and obviously you know whole 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 I think ultimately that game's going to be one where I, I I can't see them troubling again another one where I'm going to say this and be left with egg on my face, but I'd be surprised with no strikers if if they trouble Middlesbrough too much I think it'll be. You know, one of them games for as much as if Middlesbrough can't get an early goal, it could be quite tight for a long time. But we have seen so often that Borough are capable of just being patient and, you know, biding the time once they get that goal. If there's time, I would expect, you know, two or three to go in after that. Um, So, yeah, it'll be an interesting one to see in terms of team selection, how he goes with that. Absolutely,
0: absolutely. Stay there, Craig, because I'll come back to you. I'm going to get your Hull and Lubin predictions out of you. Come on, Coach, I'll come to you. Yeah, with the, the current injuries, and for,
1: I mean, for me, if even if there's a slight doubt about force and he doesn't play, I don't think Ramsey will play. Is there any chance, Craig, we see Rodrigo, Rodrigo
4: Muniz back in the fold? Well, it's a difficult one with Muniz, isn't it? Because presuming that Mauer stays in the fold, Although no, actually, because Ramsey's a lone player. Cause what I was going to say is yeah. the five lone player. But of course, if if Ramsey's out, then that that gives him the chance to step into the squad. I mean, my honest answer is that I'd be very very surprised. Um I I know he keeps talking about the squad and he keeps emphasizing emphasizing that you know everybody's got a part to play and everybody needs to, to you know steer steer ready, uh, be ready for when the opportunity comes because they all can still play a part, but. I'd be very surprised if that opportunity ever does present itself for Moonis. I think, you know, we, we all know it's no secret that they did try and they did want really to get shot of him in January. And that just didn't present itself. And I think, you know, since then the fact that he's used Matt Crooks as a, as a center forward ahead of him, I think says as much as anything about, you know, how he feels about Moonis, I'd, I'd, be very, very surprised. But if if the options are so depleted that that's you know something he needs to do, then uh, then so be it. I guess you know you, if you were going to do that, you'd you'd see it. The moon is this is your chance. Go and go and prove me wrong, kind of thing, and 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 see what he could do. But I'd, I'd personally be very, very surprised if if he gets in a squad at all again this season. Very well,
0: coach. There's your answer. Um... I mean, before I come to the other two boys, I've got to credit me because his, his attitude has still been brilliant, he's not, you know, you, you see him at the Riverside, he's never he's never miserable, he's never unhappy, he's, he's always got a smile on his face, and he's happy to see fans and, you know, have a chat with him, and, you know, when you're in that sort of situation where you know, you're not getting in the squad, and you're not getting in the 18, and, you know, you've moved away from your parent club to get minutes on the pitch, and you're not getting it, and you know he's still stuck in there, and I say I just thought like Dally's is, is, is correct, and he has his armour be at the moment, and pings that playoff semi-final you winner know, that'll do me nicely. But tickle uh, um, I'll come to you. Um, you know, would you stick with pretty much what we've got for Hull? I mean, I mean, do you bring Jones in? Do you do you, do you bring Dyke Steele in? Do you do you bring mower in? Do, you know, what would you do if you were in Michael's shoes? On Wednesday, with the injuries that uh, Hull have got as well,
2: I, I wouldn't want to risk anybody. So, even Marcus Force, who Craig thinks may has may, might have a chance of making it, if there's a chance that it could make the injury worse, aggravate it, I, I, I'd rather see it for the, for the Luton game. So, I, I wouldn't personally take a risk on anybody at this stage in the season. But, you know, there's only, you know, between now and the playoff final six weeks. So, uh, I, I think we need to try and keep our best players with the best chance of being fit for the for the playoffs. So I, I would like to see, obviously, like Matt Crooks come in, uh, Alex Moore to get, it, get another chance after a good performance and Aya Jones being involved. Um, in terms of the start of 11 and selection and what Michael Carrick will do, we'd all just be guessing because I don't think anybody's seen on Friday night that he was going to move Hayden Hackney and bring Alex Moore in, for example. Uh, I, I thought, you know... You would have probably brought Isaiah Jones on before then, so I'm not going to second guess Michael Carrick because he he tends to always do the complete opposite of what we say. saying. But I think <laughs> crooks more, I think and Jones will all play uh, on a, a big role on
0: Wednesday night. Absolutely, yeah, it's um, yeah. I've I've, I've, stopped, I've stopped trying to second guess what he's going to do because he he obviously has a listen to what people say and goes, well, what bollocks, yeah. I don't know what I'm going to do anyway, so. Mm. I wouldn't, I
2: wouldn't mind seeing me, man, uh, that he get a chance again as well. I know I keep championing him every week, but uh, he's been close. He nearly come on at Bristol City and he was involved again on the squad against Norwich. Mm. And not that anybody should be dropped out of the team. I'm just on about rotation, freshness, a fresh pair of legs. I wouldn't mind seeing him, even if he doesn't start, come on, maybe he's got 20 minutes to go, yeah. give him a run out. Because with the injuries that have happened in the last... Uh, Couple of weeks, you know, we might need Dyche still further down the line, the same way as we might need Alex Mote now.
0: Yeah, no, you're absolutely right. It's, it's time of, if if we're able to to get them them fringe players in, isn't it, and um, give them the sharpness they need, a bit of match, a bit of match fitness to to really have a good goal and uh, get into the picture, I suppose, because the full squad's gonna be needed for that playoff um, playoff show. It's gonna be a yeah, a, a tough. Tough few weeks, so yeah, bring it on. Dally, would you make? Are you with the boys as they've said? Um, you know, there's not much else to be said about the team, is there?
3: No, look, I don't I think I, I, I just echo what the lads have said, to be fair. Um, I mean, I know that that's that whole oh, are coming up here with no strikers, but Liam Rossini has got them, you know, really organized. You know, they're on a, on a decent run, so it's not going to be maybe where. You've seen Hull come up in the past, and you think, "Oh, this will be or it should be three points." It's yeah. going to be a tough game. So, you know, we want to catch Luton. We want to go into that Luton game with the best momentum possible. I think I would be. I'm probably going to contradict myself here, although we shouldn't underestimate them. I think if we can rest players, like 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 Force, like Nibis, um obviously, I think. Craig, you said Ramsey's probably too far off. We, we would need to get you know let them rest. Maybe start Crooks. I don't know. Um, you know he, he seemed to do a decent job against um against Bristol, and he got yeah. on the score sheet. Um, and keep that pace for keep that pace raw for for um, Monday night against Luton. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we're going to need some pace against Luton on
0: Monday. Um. I say I've not touched a lot on Luton because obviously you can't predict what the team's gonna be like. Obviously, we don't know what's gonna come out Wednesday and things like that. But I'll go across all four of you. Um, you know, double double game week for us. Um sounds like fancy Premier League now, don't I? Um but um I'll, I'll stick with you, Daddy. I'll start with you. Predictions for Hull and Luton, please. I
3: normally stick with one each on all my results, but uh, and I'll I think um, I think we'll beat I think we'll beat Hull two 0 And I think I'll stick with me one one against Logan. i <laughs> <laughs> stick
0: Oh god, I'm going to, have to get you a T-shirt with that scar. But no, I'd, I'd take that to be fair. Really would. Um, cut.
1: Yeah, we're we're banging in loads of goals. I know you talk about Hull, but I keep saying it's about it's about us. Um, I'm going to go for another five-one victory. Chuba hat and I think Luton away, I think we'll nick it 2-1. It's
0: goal generators back. Lovely, alive and kicking. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it's six out of six. There you go. That, that'll, that'll do us nicely as Borough fans. Um, Dicko? I
2: think, I think uh, Hull will be a tough game. They've been beaten in the last four weird games. But I think we'll nick it. I think we'll just have, have enough firepower to get the job done. So I'll go Middlesbrough beat Hull 2-1. And I think at Luton, I think we'll come away with a point. So I'll, I'll go 2-2. Two,
0: two. um I'll come to the experts. Craig, um, scores for Hull and Luton?
4: Guaranteed that these won't be right. So don't put these ones on. But <laughs> um, I'll go 3-0 Hull. Uh, I think it might be tight at first, but I think they'll get a goal and then go on, push on from there. 3-0. Um, and then at Luton, I think they'll they'll nick it 2-1.
0: There you go, six out of six. I'm gonna, I'm gonna completely shape the apple cart here. Uh, I think we'll beat Hull four nil. I think, I think, I think Wednesday will be comfortable. I think we'll get the job done, and that'll be a playoff spot done. And I think Luton beat us two one at Kenilworth Road. I really do. Go on, start. Go on. <laughs> who, inv- who invited him on? <laughs> I all you No, I
2: host. So, <laughs> so are we are we saying that you've got a Geordie on the panel and you've got a Macam on the panel? And you, the host, Stephen Jackson, is predicting pull, <laughs> Middlesbrough <laughs> to get beat off Luton. Come on, lad. Yeah, man. Mm.
0: <laughs> I, I massively rate Luton. I really do. I think they're a brilliant little side Um and quite frankly, I want them to catch Sheffield United now. If we can't do it, let them do it. Um, I'd love Sheffield United to drop in. Because imagine them dropping in the playoffs, their arse will go again. And we but we all know it. Go on, cuts. Bring me down again.
1: No, no, it's just a little thank you message, really. Uh, all the all the people that welcome. listen to us. All the people that listen to us will have enjoyed your contributions, stay since day one.
0: <laughs> uh, sad, sad, sadly, this is your last show. <laughs> if I come back next week and I've been bang on, right, none of these are coming back. None of uh,
3: you. Mate, you deserve 24 hours in police custody for, for even predicting a, a and win.
0: <laughs> I Maybe mean, we sound like a purpose or there. <laughs> get, get them <laughs> locked up. But not, I, I always, I just I just think I'd love us to win. I really would love us to win at Penhamworth Road. It's just one of those grounds where it's just horrible. It's just, it's just, I just hate it. It's horrendous, that ground. Um been there a few times, it's just not so nice. <laughs> so I okay. say that though, but you say that though, but I'm like you. If we don't get promoted, that's the
1: team that I want to see get promoted. I want that ground in the Premier League. They've been in the conference, they've had a massive struggle for years. 100 percent if we don't go up, that's who I want to go. No,
0: oh, imagine that imagine that, imagine that triple glazing stand in the Premier League next season. Oh.
1: <laughs> They'll give them some much needed funds, mate, to help them out. Like I say, if we don't do it, I want them to do it. Absolutely,
0: some, no, some I'm, out of, I'm with you. It came out was it? It's is it is it ten years or fifteen years since they were actually demoted to the football from the national to the national league from the football league. Yeah. Took five years in the national league as well, and they are on the cusp of potentially getting to the Premier League. I mean, that that, that beats bomber story and. Wigan story from years ago when they did it and built up the league and Portsmouth and teams like that. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. You, you can go games. on
1: about the you can go on about the job that companies done at Burnley. What have Luton lost eight or nine games all season? That man that manager there's been has done an unbelievable job.
0: Oh no, I mean Nathan Jones left Luton and they all thought mm, we might be in a bit of trouble. Rob Edwards has gone in there after a troublesome spell at Watford. You know, did a cracking job at Forest Green. And he's done a hell of a job at Lewin. He said, "I don't yeah. think. I think they've only lost four or five games under Rob Edwards, and that says it all for me." He's been there as long as Michael Carrick's been, because he was linked with the boring job as well. Let's not forget. Um, obviously we went down our route, and you know, personally, I think we got it right. And he's had a fantastic little run at Lewin. I think he's been absolutely brilliant. Um, go on, Dicko. Just, just an alternative take. Not like me and Cutler to be on the opposite side of the
2: argument, but uh, I absolutely hate the fact that Luton could be in the Premier League. The same way as I hate that Bournemouth in the Premier League, the same way as I hated Portsmouth in the Premier League, Watford in the Premier League. I like the Premier League to be full of teams that I think are proper, big, proper clubs with big fan bases. And the fact that those clubs could be in the Premier League ahead of Sunderland, your Sheffield Wednesdays, Middlesbroughs, teams like that. I can't, I, I hate it. I just think these grounds that hold 10,000, 11,000 that are backed by owners with multi-million pounds buying players that you wonder how they bought, like Watford do and Bournemouth do. I absolutely hate it. And I, I, I feel begrudged because I don't think they deserve it. So that's just my take. <laughs> just to be opposite the corner. <laughs> and I know this isn't true, but you sound
1: like a massive Tory there.
2: <laughs> <laughs> it's not true but that's just the way I say it I, I begrudge it I, I don't think it enhances the Premier League having these little clubs with poor stadiums and poor fan bases in the Premier League and I think you know you look, you look at teams that are in, in the championship in, in league one which are big big proper football clubs with big stadia, big support, big away followings i just I just don't think it's right. And a lot of it's got to do with foreign ownership and money being pumped in because of supposedly better areas being down south of London and the south coast. And you know, that's it. That, you know, we could have another podcast on this, so I'll leave it there.
0: No, I I, I, I get where you're coming from, but it's, it, with Luton, I think it is different because they were they're not, I know they've got a majority shareholder, um, but they've got fan backing as well. I'm pretty sure they've got fan. I um, find interest in that club um, obviously because they were brought back from, well, the dead in the National League, weren't they? So, you know, the fans are pretty much involved a bit like what Darlington have got they've got fan ownership in there as a percentage but um, <laughs> put on them if they do it they do it I, I think that would be a great addition to the Premier League it'd be it'd be great to see them have a good go and um, and there won't, they won't you know, there'll be a few teams in the Premier League that won't like them I'll tell you that um, so, yeah, put on them you know I can't see an issue with that, but yeah, they beat us on, on Monday night. Sorry. Um, I know that sour note, I'm sorry. Um, we're going to leave it there. Uh, Craig, thank you so much for coming on. Uh, absolute pleasure as always, my man. Um, lads, thank you so much for coming on. Daly, I'll see you next season. Um, uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, I'll come back soon. i will say I'll, I'll see you Wednesday. And, um, yeah, thank you for listening and liking and subscribing and commenting, and getting involved and coming on. And you know, if you want to be like Dalian, come on and have a chat with us. Feel free. You know, we're always there. Uh, we're always looking for people to come on. But um, oh, Dalian, knows he's one of the originals like I am. So um, we've kept it going cool for four years. haven't we, lad. So um, yeah, get in touch, get involved, and um, I'll be putting something together for the end of the season, whenever that may be. Um, you know, one of as many fans as possible on that. So. Um, yeah we'll leave it there hopefully we'll get three points on Wednesday and hopefully I'm wrong next Monday against Luton um, you know fingers crossed playoffs are secured and we can start <laughs> planning for that them little trips in May so I'll leave it there Arriba dirty up the borough I'll be seeing you up the borough. up the
3: borough seeing you
0: seeing you